Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The shooting in Buffalo has left 10 people dead. The shooter, name we don't use, planned this. Since January, had picked the target, this supermarket, had planned out every last detail of what they were going to wear, how they were going to carry this out. The question, of course, is the why. And then, why the radicalized response, including claiming that Congresswoman Elise Stefanik is echoing racist theories espoused by the suspect in Buffalo. Why wait to know? Why take a look at what happened? Why question why a guy, an 18-year-old, who wanted to shoot up a school a year ago, was still able to get the firearm, get it legally? Who was keeping an eye? Where were the parents? Where were other authorities? Or were they simply too busy to keep an eye on just this one citizen? What level of radicalization took place online to get him to say, you know what, the problem is black people and Jews? Because he was, based on his manifesto, racist, was based on his uh, manifesto, an anti-Semite. Why not discuss those things? Why immediately do we have to go to, you see, this is what Republicans really are. That's what Rolling Stone wrote. Rolling Stone magazine wrote, I mean, they put out the piece, not me. The Buffalo shooter isn't a lone wolf. He's a mainstream Republican. Well, now it's all settled. Now we don't have to think about it anymore. As long as we were able to take the murder of 10 Americans and utilize it to a political advantage, everything's going to be fine. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. There were 13 people shot. It was yesterday ten pe- uh, 11 people dead. Today they're saying 10 people dead. And sometimes these numbers do uh, con- you know, uh, have a bit of, of conflicting uh, to them as more information comes out and things kind of calm down a little bit. The shooter lived 200 miles away. Absolutely picked this supermarket in this town because by zip code, it had the largest density of black Americans. There is not a question based on what we know thus far that this area, that this supermarket, that this was done because he, this shooter, wanted to kill black people. That's not in debate based on what we know. He planned out the attack. He planned out the gear that he was going to wear. One of the people who was shot and killed is a retired Buffalo police officer who was a security guard who was armed and tried to take down the shooter but could not get past the tactical gear that the shooter was wearing. That security guard, that former officer, lost his life. The manifesto engages a series of things. Engaging the idea of of a racist philosophy uh, referred to as this great replacement. I got to admit, I've learned 
unfortunately, way too much. The last time I had heard a replacement was uh, Charlottesville. Right? Jews will not replace us. I'm Jewish. I'm not looking to replace these people. These people are awful. You think I want to replace these people? You think I want to be near these people? You think I want their life? Not now, not a chance, not ever, not once. I want no part of what they're doing. I'm not looking to replace you. I'm looking to not even be near you. That's my, my own personal plan right there if I'm being asked. But this replacement theory, well, I'm not up on all my uh, bigotry. A lot of people with a lot of bigotry out there. He spent time online, hours online, radicalized by the internet, buying into this idea that low birth rates amongst white people would result in the complete racial and cultural replacement of the European people. And decided he had to do something about it. How sick and how twisted. However, we know that he already wanted to shoot up a school. He wanted to do great damage. It was in him, horrifically, shockingly, grossly. We know that officials were aware of this. And he was still able to plan this out and engage this attack. There's a question as to how in the world is this guy taken alive? How does that happen? Well, if he's wearing the tactical gear, it's very possible that shooting him wasn't going to work. So you do what you can. It is amazing. He can murder 10 people and he's captured. I believe this is also going to lead to something uh, equally as horrible, by the way. This guy on the stand trying to push forward his ideology. There should be no television cameras in the courtroom with him. His manifesto not only discusses the fact that he's a racist and an anti-Semite, hates Fox News, which is stunning because the left very, very quickly decided to say, you know, this is Tucker Carlson's fault. How? Tucker Carlson's fault? What the hell is this? What did Tucker... Anything to blame the other guy. Never let a crisis go to waste. That's exactly what we're seeing here today from the political left. It was Joe Lockhart, former Bill Clinton press secretary, who stayed in more blood on the hands of Tucker Carlson and Fox News. This killer used a racist talking points to justify killing 10 people. Carlson won't stop. Because as he explained to the New York Times, it's good for ratings. Lives be damned, as Carlson will be at Judgment Day. Rick Wilson, uh, from the from the uh, Lincoln Project there, joined in to say the Buffalo Killers Manifesto reads like a job application for a junior producer on Tucker Carlson, and no, I'm not being flippant. When Rick Wilson isn't protecting uh, people who prey on young men, he is... Uh, Screaming about Tucker Carlson. The fact that the manifesto clearly shows, as has been reported, as has been reported, 
that um, he would he would attack Fox News. It attacks Fox News, uh, despised Fox News. How does that jive? It doesn't have to jive. It doesn't matter. The facts are meaningless. What matters is you can attack the enemy. And that's exactly who these guys are and exactly who the progressive left are. Now, there was a copycat that took place at a church in California. One person was killed. Uh, The churchgoers there were able to subdue the man, literally tied him up with an extension cord and waited waited for police to arrive. Again, I I will say it as clear as day. All places of worship are soft targets. You absolutely must be armed at your place of worship. And if you have a priest or an imam or a rabbi who says you cannot be armed in that place of worship, change your place of worship or fire that priest, imam, or rabbi. They're worthless. If they will not defend themselves, if they will not allow you to defend yourself, they have to go. They are unworthy people. Copycats are a real deal. Copycats are a real dangerous problem. But of course, the focus here is Buffalo and the white supremacy involved in this attack. I I don't argue that this kid uh, either is a racist, uh, that he um, he was, sub- you know, uh, in- indoctrinated uh, by this racist theory and decided to act out upon it. I- I'm-, I'm not debating that. I know it's being uh, going to be prosecuted as a hate crime. You, uh, I haven't changed. I oppose the concept of hate crimes. If these people had all been white, it would be less of a crime, not a chance, not a shot, no way. It would not be less of a crime. It just wouldn't be. But they're going to go at it as a hate crime. If we're going to engage this conversation of supremacy, you cannot do it without discussing the people murdered in the parade in Wisconsin. You cannot discuss supremacy without Daryl Brooks, who murdered six people by running over them with his car. He set out to kill white people. He killed, he murdered six white people. It was black supremacy. If we're going to engage the conversations, guys, I damn well demand that we engage them all. Because while we're screaming about supremacy this and supremacy that, and I don't, I'm not denying that these people and these ideologies exist, our issue is how we deal with them. And if we are not going to discuss them all and the evil that they engage, then we have no shot and no chance. Never mind the people who want to attack uh, lawful gun owners for what this guy did in Buffalo. Murdered 10 people. But we want to go after guns? Guns aren't the issue here. I'm talking about a black man in Wisconsin who ran over six people murdering them. It's not the gun. It is what lies underneath. 
And that's that's what's required to engage this conversation properly. That is what is required. A discussion about what lies underneath, which is why I bring up Wisconsin. Because if we are not going to discuss the hate that lies underneath and only look at this as well, see, he had a gun. That's why you got to get rid of guns. No, no. You got to take a look at why people want to be radicalized. You got to take a look at why people engage in these levels of hate. You got to ask yourself what you do in society to try and lower and limit that. Now, there's gonna, you know, there's a kind of conversation that's going to come up. You mean this kid got radicalized over the last year or two? You mean during COVID lockdowns? A lot of people online with nothing to do and no friends to talk to, feeling disconnected, and they got online and they looked at this and they looked at that and it led them to this and they clicked on that. They moved over here and they saw this. And next thing you know, they found some friends. They found some people who are disaffected too, and they said, you know what's really getting to me? The Jews. The Jews. Well, hear me out. Yeah, this 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 guy and that guy. And you know, the the connections, you know, there's something about that religion. I'll tell you what. There's something about that race, you know, black people, this and black people. You know, the problem with white people here and white people over there, and down the rabbit hole, and finally you find yourself not alone. You find yourself connected. Dear Lord, why do people join gangs? They join gangs because they're no longer alone. <laughs> Being alone is, is what the torture is. Feeling lost, feeling disconnected, feeling hopeless, that's what the torture is. And here, here you, 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 you see people finding ways, opportunities to take advantage of that. You don't have to be alone. We've got you covered. No, oh, by the way, uh, you know, it's those people's fault right over there. Yeah, it's those people's fault. Well, you know, it's, it's those people. You know, we should we should do something about those people, don't you think? No, seriously, we should do something about those people who did. They did this to you. I can't, we, we, we can't just take that. You can't just take that, man. You got to stand up. You got to stand up for all of us, man. You got to stay you got to do something for all of us, man. We're behind you, man. Go get him, man. Get it. Do you see how that works? See how see how that builds? If we are not willing to address the things as they are, we will never ever get this solved. Ever get this solved. Our problem here is not the firearm. Our problem here is the radicalization. There's a question to how this guy bought a firearm if he already was known to be somebody looking to inflict damage, looking to be dangerous, looking to kill. These 10 people, they did not deserve to die. Absolutely, positively not. It's a horrible ugly story that we're going to learn more about in the days and weeks ahead. But I'll, I'll I'll remind you, as clear as day, the people who are looking to politicize it, the people who are looking to, this is a great opportunity to attack Republicans. You know, there's already enough evil in the world we don't need anymore. But never let a crisis go to waste. They're showing you they have no interest in trying to solve the problem. They just have an interest in using the problem to their advantage.
And if you say to me, well, Tony, um, uh, well, they're going to tell you that this had nothing to do with Democrats. The Democrats don't do these things. I'll point you to a baseball field in Washington, D.C., where Steve Scalise was almost murdered. And if it wasn't because he happened to have two Capitol Police officers with him because of his position as, as whip of the Republican Party, you'd have a lot of dead Republicans that we would still be mourning the lives of. Same level of radicalization. Until we're willing to address it, nothing's ever going to get better. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is about flat. NASDAQ is down 106. People been asking, is is this it, right? Has the, the market bottomed out? And I'm like, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea if the market has bottomed out or, or, or not. I, I was looking at crypto earlier. Should I, should I look at it now, producer Ari? Should I be like, hey. I mean, if you want. Yeah. I'll, hold on. Hold on. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. And, well, that that's just downright disgusting. Oh, oh, Tony had a good run. Tony had a good run. Um, turns out retirement is not happening today. Um, but it's uh but it's gotta happen. I'm exhausted already. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is ugly. Oh, this is bad and this is ugly. I won't even you know what? I'm just putting that I'm putting the phone down. Not even gonna look. See, now now it's like nothing happened. Everything's totally fine now. That's that's just it. I have no idea if the bottom has hit. This is the multi-million dollar question. Has the bottom hit? How does a bottom hit when you have inflation at 8.3? You have the former Fed chair, Ben Bernanke, saying stagflation is here. You have absolutely no help whatsoever in the supply chain, none, less than none. It's, why, why, why would I assume that anything is done? Why would I assume that we are at the end of anything? I don't, and I, I would warn very strongly against anybody else thinking this, that, that we are. Meanwhile, I have got a bunch of audio for you, including a move from the mayor of Chicago. Where are you at on curfews for kids? Oh, and people in Indianapolis, they know what I'm talking about because this is a serious conversation in Indy. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So this is the curfew conversation. Do you, to keep crime low, engage curfews? So a curfew, you'd argue, keep people from coming out of their home. And that's something that I wholly disagree with. Government doesn't have the right to keep me in my home. I argued this during COVID and certainly never paid attention to them. 
Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. When I say I never paid attention to them, I want to be clear. If a business said you had to wear a mask indoors, I wore the mask. I more often than not never wore a mask indoors, and if someone asked me to put it on, I did. Listening to the government about how I live my life was simply never part of my plan because government shouldn't have that much engagement in my life. Government should exist and should be as small and limited as possible. Certainly if the city that I live in wants to say you can't be out after 10 o'clock, no. No, I'll go out whenever I dang well choose. Whenever I choose, you can't allow uh, government officials to have that kind of power over you. You have to fight them. Because why should they be able to restrict you in your home? They may even have a cause. I could agree with the cause. But you can't actually stop an American from getting out of their house. If you want to stop people from getting out of their house, you are China regarding COVID lockdowns in Shanghai, which in some areas are still going on. It's been two months. They, they're really doing a good job of getting rid of COVID. Whoo-wee. This is a fantastic plan. Just tell people they can't leave their house. Everything's going to be okay. No, trust us. We've got this. After all, we're the government. Just got to love it right there. But I'm talking about a curfew not on adults. I'm talking about on kids. This is Mayor Lori Lightfoot, that bigot out of Chicago. And she is a bigot. I just want to say, like producer Ari always says, Lori Lightfoot, bigot. (laughs) Yeah, I say that all the time, right? All the time. It's it's actually on his business card. It says, says, uh, producer Ari, producer, has his phone number. And on the back it says, by the way, Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, is a bigot. It's that specific. Science. Uh, she is discussing a curfew on kids. Right now in Chicago, the curfew uh, for young people is 11 p.m. on the weekends. And this is, as I said, been in place for several decades. We're changing that. Today, I'm signing an executive order to move that curfew back on weekends to 10 p.m. And I'm urging parents, guardians, and responsible adults in the lives of children to make sure that you know what the rules are and that you make a plan with your children and young people to make sure that they safely abide by this curfew that's been in effect for a very long time. Curfew is normally 11. She's going to make it a little bit sooner, 10 p.m. Now, you have heard me say this before about free speech. Kids do not have rights. I don't want to hear about the free speech right of a 14-year-old. Shut it. Shut your mouth, kid. Shut it. And by the way, I have said that to my children before. Just stop. I start with always the very kind stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Whoa, whoa, hold up. No, no, no. Stop. Listen to what I'm saying. And every now and again, just stop talking already. You're wrong. I have to explain to you why. And that's that. Usually it's like, hey, I understand what you're saying. Here's what I'm saying, and that's just the way we're doing it. Or here, I disagree with you. I want you to think of it this way. Sometimes as a parent, you just got to tell your kid point blank that they're wrong. 
If you're not willing to tell your kid you're wrong, uh, just don't have kids. Just don't. Because you're not interested in being a parent, you're interested in being a friend. Parents have to tell their kids sometimes when they're wrong. Don't be their friend. They have friends. Be their parent. There's only two of them. Be one of them. It's a much different job, much more important job. Well, let's, let's be perfectly clear. But this idea of the curfew. Now, in Indianapolis, Indiana, you know my love me some Indianapolis, Indiana. This has been a conversation. I mean, let me open up the phones. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Should there be a curfew for uh, minors? And should there be an earlier curfew? When we see problems happen in Indianapolis, very often it involves the gathering of kids, sometimes by the hundreds, on what's known as the circle, Monument Circle. We have monuments in Indianapolis galore. It's gorgeous. There are more war memorials in Indianapolis uh, than in any other city in the country outside of Washington, D.C. And, of course, it's got the same design as D.C., same designer, uh, did did Indianapolis. Really fantastic. So... uh, you have the circle, which is this kind of like center of, of activity, and you have kids that gather. And there's a mall there that's kind of decrepit. It was, it was, it was great when it opened 20-some-odd years ago, but now it needs a massive remake, and there's a conversation about that. Uh, and, and, and so uh, you, you've got kids hanging out there, and then they hang out in the circle, and then shootings have happened on the circle, and uh, violent attacks have happened on the circle, and it's totally uncomfortable. What happens is, is that parents not giving a good holy damn about their kids, or in some cases being lied to by their kids, the kids are going to the circle. And so what do we do about that? Do we or do we not engage a curfew or an absolute suspending of kids without parents on the circle, including arrests? Sorry, you'll go to jail, your parents can pick you up there. You'll go to jail, your parents can pick you up there. Because the problems do exist. One of the things that we've seen from these uh, kid groups, whether they're under 17 or or, or under 18 or over 18, uh, are are these attacks on stores, right? They coordinate how they're going to engage the mob and and they're going to steal everything. And then, you know, that happens. How, How can you limit some of these things? Nope, you can't be out there. Well, we have the right to move. You're 16. You don't have the right to anything. Shut your face. I would argue that part of the problem in American society is that not enough 16-year-olds are told to shut their face. Now, that can be said differently. Because, right, saying it that way, that you'll get a lot of heat for that. What if I said the problem with a lot of 16-year-olds is they don't have an adult in their life who cares about them enough to say, shut your face? I think that's a question. I think that's very, very true. I think that is a, 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 a clear statement that we don't have enough of that. But the question is, would you be in favor of curfews in downtown Indianapolis or, 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 or your city? My answer is, yeah, I would. Because we are not discussing adults. We're not discussing the, 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 the movement, the free movement of a society. We're discussing a problem and how to deal with it. 
Now there's there's a I I could share with you a a part of this where as a great example of where I don't want government. There is a a mayor in Indiana who is having a problem, and it's a legit problem. He got a lot of investors, big investor class, right? People are buying houses left, right, and everywhere. A lot of investors from out of state. They buy the house. They don't care what they pay for the house. They rent the house out. When you have renters as opposed to homeowners, you have more issues, right? You have more uh, you have more violence. You have more crime and not taking care of the property. We, we've seen this. I, I don't think I'm speaking at a school. That is, that is a serious issue uh, in the main, certainly not with every tenant, but, it, but in the main. So this mayor of, of a town called Fishers, Indiana, wants to limit the ability of these out-of-state investors to purchase homes. Now, that's an interesting take on a problem, which I don't uh, state isn't a problem. But now how do you tell the homeowner that they can't sell to the highest bidder? It's my home. I'm allowed to cash out of this thing, and I'm allowed the highest bidder. If you tell me there's a whole slate of people... Right, who, who uh, you now tell me I can't sell to, you have artificially lowered the price and the value of my home. That's unacceptable. And the mayor's argument was, yeah, well, we have to do something. I'm not going to argue that it isn't a problem. I got a hard time thinking that you're going to create legislation that states that you can't sell a home. Now, if you live in an HOA where the HOA says we only allow a certain percentage of rentals and we've, ca- we've hit our percentage, so therefore you can't rent the house. If you do rent the house, you're in default and this and that. You've got this problem and you got this lawsuit. And you lose the house. I don't know whatever the rules may be. Okay, well, that's an HOA. You can decide not to buy there, not to live there. But how in the hell do you stop people from selling their house for what they can get for it? I don't allow government to cap my profitability. Screw them. I cap government's profitability. I cap how much they can tax me. I cap how much they can charge me. They don't get to cap anything of mine. So there's a great example of me not favoring government. Curfew. Curfew I favor. Curfew I favor. Because it creates the opportunity to better deal with the problems. And it also creates a bit of of focus on who also has to deal with the problem. If parents are just saying to their kids, hey, go down to the circle, just get out of the house, go down to the circle, I don't know, then, well, the parent has to now feel the, the the responsibility. It's their kid. You can't just drop your kid off at the circle. It's just not how it works. Your kid's a problem. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you want to hear it or not. Your kid's a problem. Isn't that what Lori Lightfoot is saying? Your kids are problems. Sometimes it's got to get said. Why? Do you really think your kid is that great? I've met your kid. Your kid kind of sucks. Now, You may have met my kid and felt exactly the same way. That's fine. You're entitled to think my kid sucks. You are more than entitled to. And if 
if we're talking about the city, wherever it is you live, and you're saying my kid can't hang out, all right. I may not like it because I know my kid doesn't suck, but okay. There's this this weird idea of, of, of how we're supposed to handle these things and, and, and deal with these people. It's, it's very strange. It's very peculiar. We need to be honest and clear and forthright. That's what has to happen. That's what we need more of. And parents need to be told, your kids aren't that special. Your kid kind of sucks. And now you take care of them. And sorry, kids, you don't have rights. You're kids. But one day you will. That day's not today. I'm Tony Katz. So SCOTUS has started releasing opinions. No, not that one. That one did not come out today. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, guys? Uh, FBC versus Ted Cruz, which is an interesting one. The court ruling 6-3 that a federal campaign finance law, which limits how and when candidates can recoup loans that they make to their own campaigns, unconstitutionally burdens core political speech. So uh, uh, the FEC was saying Ted Cruz did something bad, and then Ted Cruz said, and 6-3, Ted Cruz wins. That's what it looks like to me uh, right there. A couple other cases. uh, Yeah, I I have it right. Supreme Court rules for Senator Cruz in campaign finance case. Thank you very much. Uh, They also ruled on um, some, some stuff that's, Highly procedural, and I'd have to dig into to understand. What, of course, we're looking for is the Dobbs case. We're looking for when they release their opinion on uh, Roe v. Wade. And there's, I have no idea when something like that is going to come. I have no idea when anything like that will happen. None. What I know is that when it happens... People are going to yell and scream and gnash their teeth. And then we're all going to move on with our day. They're going to yell and scream and gnash their teeth, right? They're going to do that absolute thing. Well, only thing I can tell you is uh, don't, don't let them uh, get you crazy and don't let them get you down. There is right now, as we know it, There is not a second draft circulating amongst the justices to go against the Alito decision. Nothing as of yet that we've heard about. That doesn't mean that it might not be happening. It means that as of now, we haven't heard of it. Will it be this 5-3 decision? Uh, We don't know what what, uh, John Roberts is going to do. Will it be 5-4? Will it be 6-3? Will it be 5-3 and then... um, you know, uh, Roberts agrees with some things, disagrees with others. We're going to find out. But we shouldn't expect that to the end of July, beginning of August. Of course, the court could always, always screw around and be like, ha, ha, check this out. Their power. They, they have, they're the ones 
who have the ability to do it make that decision anytime that uh, they want. Now, I don't know if you caught this. This was Jen Psaki's last day as a White House uh, press secretary, and it was it was nuts. Simon, if you could respect your colleagues and other media and reporters in here, that would be greatly appreciated. Go ahead, Mary. If anything, this is reminded, I think, the entire country and the world that this is not a luxury item, but an essential. Not thank you. Not formula is not a luxury item. It is an essential. It is something. Well, good to know she went out on a high note. He was upset because the guys in the back of the room never get to ask questions. She only asks questions to the front row reporters. They ask four or five questions. He doesn't get to get his questions answered. He's done this before. He did it on her last day. Ah, uh, I'm sure she's going to miss the place. Ah, uh, maybe not. This is Tony Katz today.